Today on the Pro-Life Podcast, we're talking Super Bowl shenanigans and designer babies. Sentences I never thought I would say together. We need to talk about this. Let's get started. Happy Thursday, Pro-Life family. Welcome to the table. Pull up a chair, grab your coffee you brought your coffee today it's not it's that, real coffee it's not, today wow <laughs> not mushroom coffee it's nope. the real coffee hey they made me a list so i'd stay on topic because man the list of things to talk about was long so we had to slim it down and there was a heated debate about what should and shouldn't be included today <laughs> but we're here now <laughs> but we're here now and we have a list i have i have a list and i'm gonna try and stick to it um, <laughs> some of these things need to, they belong on a list of sentences I never thought I'd have to say. And I should, I should keep like a board back, back here somewhere of like things Brent never thought he'd have to say. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a list as a parent, you think like. Oh yeah. Don't I put never... that in your mouth. Yeah. But this is, this is about pro-life weird <laughs> stuff that we never thought we would say. <laughs> yes. But friends, if you'll introduce yourselves for the audio listeners so they can have that, you know, voice face mismatch. Yeah, Kim Schwartz, Director of Media and Communication. Hi, Veronica Smither. I go here. <laughs> I, 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 I used to work in the education department here, and now I just talk on the podcast. Yeah. Love it. And raise children. I do. Mm -hmm. Four of them. Smart, Little monsters. Smart children. Brent Klegerman, IT Director and List Follower today. All right. Um, okay. So there was a Super Bowl ad. What? We're going to tie all this stuff together. There were a lot of Super Bowls. In case you, you know, were under a rock and didn't know that there was a Super Bowl mm -hmm. last Sunday, I, 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 I didn't watch it. I, I don't care. But it's it's an excuse to sit and eat queso. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's that. I'll take advantage of that any chance I get. But... Uh, there were a lot of ads, but one in particular has made mm -hmm. a lot of noise. There's been a lot of chat about um, this is by He Gets Us. Was mm -hmm. that the org? Yeah. That's right. Okay. Yeah. It's all AI generated imagery, it seems, which is brave for <laughs> a ad about washing feet mm -hmm. as Jesus would serve his friends. Uh, and taught his friends uh, to care for each other. Um, but there's one image in particular mm -hmm. that has had a lot hubba. of, at least in, in our world, there's a lot of images in there that would create buzz. Yeah. One in particular is a woman washing another woman's feet outside of a family planning clinic. Yeah. And in um, the corner, did you see the little the people in the corner of the picture? Yeah, there's mm -hmm. the there protesters are, off. There's in three the or four people in the corner of the photo off in the distance, holding signs down at their sides, so the signs are upside down. But they say things like in row and um like Save um, the Unborn. Save the Unborn. So they're yeah. clearly pro-life signs. So it's fascinating. Okay, I have to preface with I loved the ad. And Brent is extremely grumpy today, so it's going to make for good conversation. And he does not like this ad. Um. I, I, I have strong thoughts about it. I don't know if I like or dislike it. Well, okay. but I have he's grumpy some, enough have, that you'll think some... he hates it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I think that the I'm the imagery... angry dad. 
Yeah, 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 that's that's. that's fine. I, see, I, I will accept my role. See, I can be way too optimistic sometimes. So I, I, but I love to play devil's advocate. So it's really mm-hmm. about that. It's about seeing both sides. And the ad itself, I think, is beautiful. It shows a series of images of people who uh, could be clearly on opposite sides of an opinion spectrum regarding politics or some movement yes. or and so or race or religion, opposing like sides of opposing protests, opposing sides mm-hmm. of all kinds of yeah. different things and and so it shows uh, uh a member of one of those parties washing the feet of another member of those parties and it's beautiful and that and then at the end of the ad it says um jesus didn't teach hate he washed feet and then it shows the link to the org he gets us so the art by itself is fascinating and i think very meaningful um the problem that so many people have with it is that it is completely unsaid whether or not the sin is being condemned. Right. And so it's what's unsaid that is frustrating. Well, and that's that's the thing. It's a string of images. It's art is subjective, right? Every viewer is going to interpret their own meaning out of it. So if you are of a particular belief system, you're going to interpret something out of that that favors your worldview. Right. You know, it, so by not having an objective like this opinion. Now, if we could interpret this as serving women outside of those clinics, hey, let's serve them outside of those clinics so they don't go in there. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, of course, what a pro-life pregnancy center worker would say, oh, we are doing that. We are washing the feet of these young girls and trying to show them extreme compassion so that they will realize they don't need an abortion. But a pro-choice advocate Mm -hmm. would immediately say, you need to wash their feet and teach them that they're not judged and that Christ will love them no matter what they do, including even if they abort their child. And so that is terrifying. This ad is not offering any sort of education or anything mm-hmm. like that. It's just to spark conversation. And so, like you said, oh, if, if they don't know, we conversated <laughs> a lot about it. Now we're going to do it some Well, they're not to talk about yeah. this today. <laughs> so here we are talking about it. Okay. I, oh man, I, I the art though is wonderful. And I, I will say for AI art, that's, you got hands and feet pretty right. Like they actually, they don't. <laughs> of course, you like, were gonna it, say that. They don't have like seven fingers, right. so like, AI's oh, he, he went. You went. That's that's brave, right? right. To even attempt that, but yeah, the the art is is well done. Um, there's some of it that I would have even questioned as somebody who spends a lot of time going over what AI is doing, even questioned whether or not it was AI. Yeah, but, a couple of the strings of photos, like there was one of two men, a black man and a white man, washing their feet together in a tub. Mm-hmm. It looked like a real photo. It, it might actually be, I need to fact check it, but it was beautiful. And the point of that whole picture, of course, is that race shouldn't divide us, since that was beautiful. Sure. But um, the the pro-life image in particular, I would love to get the opinion of some people who work at a pregnancy center to see right. what they think. Because, of course, their entire mission is to prevent women from going in there to get an abortion. So I think they would also be kind of split on whether or not they like the ad. Well, see, here's the thing. You, in framing it, called it a pro-life image. Oh, excuse me. Oops. <laughs> well, the image well, see, of so, I'm in favor. So, I think right. I you see like it as pro-life. the image. And yeah. so there's a lot of Oops, people who... my bias well, is showing. Well, so there's a lot of people who are saying, like, they've condoned going to the clinic. 
people who are typically on our side of the fence are saying that, and they're like, hey, there needs to be a little more, like, if you're coming from a Christian perspective, it needs to be a little more like, hey, let's let's talk about the sin going on here. Exactly. Which... <sighs> I mean, if, we if, have to if do both. We if, have to do both. Both are necessary. Yeah, we if, have to show compassion, and we have to condemn the sin. Mm-hmm. But you've got to show that compassion first, because mm-hmm. if you're just condemning the sin, nobody, like... No one's going to listen. Right. Right. Just like, yeah, feed the hungry instead of telling them, you know, stop sinning. Right. Like, if if we're going to talk about the good here, yeah, whether they got everything right or not, let's talk about what they got right. Serving women in a crisis pregnancy situation is our role in the church Mm -hmm. and 100% necessary. If that's what we're interpreting is going on in this image. And yeah, well, yeah, yeah. it's so. all about weird perspective. Of, like you said, with art, it's relative. But then we also have to talk about the org who created mm-hmm. the art in the first place. And um, it, like you said, it's just an advocacy group to get people to go to church. It's not a specific church. Mm-hmm. So they have a... They have a section on their website about like what are their what's their stance on this and what's your mission and why are you doing this are you trying to get people to go to church and all that so, they don't look like they have a whole lot of stance on a lot of things. right I, it is very neutral on a lot of things which can be very confusing for someone who thinks that oh well I can just keep doing whatever I'm doing and still go to a church and right like um, Jesus is whoever I want him to be kind of much thing. yeah right. that's dangerous yeah yeah we we literally talked about this Sunday in church about like when when we start trying to interpret a version of God that's okay with the things that we've done so see it's cool mm-hmm. we're all cool creating yeah. your own God instead of actually following his right yeah. yeah and I I think the the faith leaders who are upset about this are concerned that that's the direction we're leading people. Yeah. I and I, I totally understand and respect that. I, I see that version of it. Again, it's art, right. right? It's up to interpretation. And so I think the only thing we can really do here is pray for how it's received, mm-hmm. that God can do something in the viewer's heart and how they receive it in the way that we hope it's intended yeah well, like i can't i i don't what know I, intended, what i'm but. hoping my specific prayer because you know it's gonna be specific in prayer is that the people who watch this if they were ever on the fence about going to church in the first place and this ad is helping them get into a church then that church hopefully the church that they select would be doing a fantastic job washing the feet of those newcomers mm-hmm. welcoming them and right. showing them extreme compassion and then educating them from the pulpit on this is how you clean up your life mm-hmm. now you're here right. now you're ready to pick up your cross and actually follow god follow christ that's what he said he, he said follow me do the hard thing he didn't yeah. just say like let's hang out and wash each other's feet he was like all right now pick yeah. up your cross yeah like that's well, hard work mm-hmm. yeah if we if we take this in the context of say the woman at the well Jesus respected her, cared for her, and then invited her into the faith. Yeah. He invited her to, hey, if you knew who you were talking to. He named her sins in the most loving way. He Mm -hmm. said, you've had seven husbands. Mm-hmm. Wait, I said the wrong number. I think four. Yeah, Either way, a yeah. lot. You, you've she had several. The guy you're sin. living with isn't your husband. Yeah. And just like, oh, he knows everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
But he didn't get out, get away from me. Mm -hmm. Like, he invited her into the community. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which was something that, as a Samaritan, that's not her experience, right? right? So, he didn't say, I'm okay with what you did. Right. He's like, I know what you did. I know what you did. All of those situations, it's always, okay, now stop. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And join this community. Yeah. yeah. And certainly emphasizing so. like the freedom from our sins there. Like, I, again, I hope that's what this people, what people will draw from right. this ad is that um, no matter what sins you have committed, that um, they can be forgiven. They don't have to stay with you. So um, hopefully people will see that and realize like, okay, I do need to surrender this to the Lord. Um, not that like, yeah, my sin is totally fine. I'm just going to keep doing, going how I am. Yeah. Like, this is great. Um, I really hope that's not a takeaway for anybody, but. Right. Hey, hey. Um, well, and it's, I know sin is such a loaded word today in our culture that people can be very offended, even just hearing the word sin, because it means that they think we're judging them. And, um, I feel like a robot saying over and over again, you know, like we're, we're, we're judging the sin, not Mm -hmm. the sinner. We don't know what's going to happen at the end of time and how yeah. Christ is going right. to judge the person. That is not our job. But right. what we do know is he gave us a pretty good rule book yeah. what to do and not, not what not to do. And so we can judge the sin and say, don't do that, please. <laughs> don't do that anymore. And come into our church. There anyway, you go. I think, yeah. we, okay. I think we beat this horse. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Beautiful ad. Go watch it. But on the Super Bowl. Okay. So more on the Super Bowl now. Oh, yeah. Taylor Swift won the Super Bowl. Wait, never mind. What? <laughs> what, what were we going to talk about? Wearing red. Some churches doing some good stuff. Yes, Some churches yes. doing some good stuff. Completely unrelated from Taylor Swift. <laughs> um, so a couple of bishops had a bet. One yes. in San Francisco and one in Kansas City, I believe, right? Yep. And it was if, you know, my team loses, I'll donate to your your community. And your local pregnancy I'll, center. I'll, and that's what it came. There, there have been historically other bets between like mayors. church leadership in, and and mayors, yeah, and we, like we see, see this like my city bets your city, whatever, and we'll send a thing and we'll donate to a charity. But these two church leaders are donating to pregnancy centers. Yeah. So, yeah. so cute. the Super Bowl win was a win for pregnancy centers in Kansas City. Love Yay! it. Yeah. So, but I think this is a good opportunity. We were discussing this and I agree. You brought this up that like, hey, other people could do this. I agree that it's a good opportunity that, hey, if we're going to be really salty about like my team's going to win and your team stinks and whatever, like, okay, well, then let's dare each other that we're going to support a charity, support a pregnancy center. Yeah. Yeah. Make yes. use of your team spirit. Right. Definitely. Right. And like the A&M and UT clubs are doing this, the pro-life groups, because they've had this long rivalry. And so... Um, well, for the, for the non-Texas true. people, like the whole Texas A&M, University of Texas thing, it goes back a very long time. It's yeah. very heated. Of all of the college team rivalries, this is a really big one. Yeah. And like goes over a hundred years. Yeah. there have been civil wars fought that took less time to get over this like this is a long-running thing oh my gosh so but these two colleges they work together the pro-life groups at the colleges to be clear yeah so the pro-life clubs at the colleges um because we have students in our scholarship program at each um university that 
They organize uh, fundraising campaigns, right, for their um, scholarships to help pregnant and parenting students at their campuses. And so that's how they like still compete against each other, even though for a while A&M and UT were not competing in like, they, right. sports. They were, and then they weren't, and then they yeah. now they are again. Are again. I just, yeah, they're I, coming whatever. back next year. UT and A&M will actually play each other again. But in, but the, for the past several years, they haven't. So the students yeah. had a ad campaign, or I should say a fundraiser campaign. It's called Bring Back the Rivalry, and the the winning team raised the most money for their local pregnant and parenting student scholarship. Yeah, that's amazing. Good job. Good way to yeah, um, insert pro-life stuff into like cultural happenings, because people are already paying attention to this stuff. So, yeah, so next time you want to make a bet with like Astros versus Rangers or something, you know. I mean, you, know? you might as well, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, let, yeah, I'm I'm in favor of that. Like, if we're going to make a bet, let's make a bet that you're going to support something good, not throw money at stupid things. <laughs> but but enough on that. Okay, moving on. Uh, this is going on a list of sentences I never thought I'd have to say. So you're going to hear what that is after the break. Great news. Texas Right to Life is celebrating our 50th birthday this year. This is half a century of victories that the Lord has given us. But God is not done yet. The battle for life is only increasing as the abortion industry is going underground to promote death and cell abortion. Join us in supporting Texas Right to Life's 50th birthday campaign and chip in with a gift today. Thank you for 50 years of saving lives. And friend, the best is yet to come. Get your tickets today for the convention for life. This is honestly, this is like my favorite convention all year. June 22nd in Houston at Grace Church in the Woodlands. We're gonna level up that pro-life knowledge and you are gonna be a pro-life expert. We're gonna hear from an amazing lineup of speakers to help you defend your beliefs, including author Danielle D'Souza Gill. If that D'Souza name sounds a little familiar, yeah, Dinesh's daughter. It's gonna be an amazing time. We are gonna celebrate the anniversary of the overturn of Roe v. Wade, and we're gonna look forward and talk about some of the issues facing our movement. Get your tickets at conventionforlife.com. All the details and links below, conventionforlife.com. We'll see you in June. Welcome back, friends. And now for the sentence I thought I'd never have to say, designer deaf baby. Oh, mm -hmm. cringe. So a lesbian couple has decided that they they both are deaf and they would like to have a also deaf child and mm -hmm. have sought out a sperm donor who was deaf so they could have very high probability right. of having a deaf child. They succeeded <laughs> with two, two children. So they actually have two children. One I think is about five, one's around 10. I need to fact check that. But they they use the same sperm donor to create two children with a high probability of being born deaf, and they were. And it's just, oh my goodness, I was fascinated reading this article. And the reason it came up is because Candace Owens talked about it recently, and it happened a long time ago, mm -hmm. she brought it up, and I'm, I'm fascinated because I love bioethics. And uh, we all know about the more, I guess, the larger community of people who want to design super healthy or you could even say superhuman babies. Right. Like that is, that's probably way more common. And there's a lot of um, historical evidence and a lot of movies and subculture on the topic of creating the perfect humans. But now, but there's also, there's a fairly strong minority movement of people who want to create children through IVF 
or other means now, because there's other means of me creating people. Mm-hmm. They want to create people with disabilities. And I think it is fascinating and alarming, to mm-hmm. say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I'm concerned with the commodifying a child. That yeah. right? well, we like, already discussed we, that. We at discussed length. that like, at buying nauseam. a kid, essentially. Like, yeah, we, yeah. that is it. That's issue number one. But uh, we've we've talked about that so many times on this podcast. So I guess now it, it's really about is it okay or is it not okay to create a human with a disability purposefully? Mm-hmm. And um, and of course, I would think that someone who has a disability or wants to do this in the first place, they want to have a child with a disability. They would their main talking point is I want someone like me and how dare you you're secretly discriminating like your colors are showing you're discriminating against me for saying maybe it's not a good idea and I my comeback would be no I think that we embrace everyone with a disability right right? we should not discriminate in the slightest and um if someone was born naturally this way like that this is how like Christ can redeem all things like he can make a life absolutely amazing for someone with deafness or someone with no arms and legs. I mean, you name it. Like we've talked about um, supporting people with disabilities a lot on this podcast too. Mm-hmm. And just the pro-life movement in general is really good about that. Yeah. 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 Um, but creating someone purposefully like that, it's, it, I feel like that's like a Pandora's box question. Yeah. And that's so interesting. And I don't yeah. know that there's a very black and white way to talk about it. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I also, I see where they're coming from. But I, I have, but I, but I know deep down, like that's, that's not what God would have intended, um, and that we should not play God. We yeah. should not play God on this. But I could talk a lot on this. So, any thoughts, real quick, before I just keep going? Yeah. Well, it's it, like we we talked with Dr. Sego was in recently. We've got a. I'm not sure our timing and when this episode drops in relation to that one, but he was talking about. There is a design, mm-hmm. and the further we get away from that design, the weirder territory we start getting into. Mm-hmm. And as as much as some people would like to say the the nuclear family is a thing of the past and not necessary, and mm-hmm. culture has moved on and whatever, well, if culture 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 may have moved on, but it's only moved on to weird places when it's yeah. done that, right? Yeah. Like I keep I feel like I keep saying this is my new catchphrase: the future is stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, guys, I wanted shoes that tie themselves in a hoverboard and a fine car. Like, yeah. and then what did I get? I, I got all kinds of <laughs> weird things that we talk about on the show. Right. Uh, I think the heart of this, this story and this approach by um, these women was like, okay, well, we want to create a child with cert- with a certain characteristic. We want to know that they're going to have this certain characteristic. Right. And that's really, um, you find that a lot in IVF. And the reason why you search for that is like because you believe that there that your value comes from this characteristic or that others value comes from this characteristic and you know we were mentioning just how so much of our culture sees their identity in certain characteristics about their personality or their attraction or whatever it is mm-hmm. there's so many things you can make an idol into anything you can mm-hmm. make your identity anything yep and nothing will fulfill you. Nothing is your true identity besides your identity in Christ. Right. So I think that this problem here, um, like whether you're creating a child um, for this characteristic of having a disability or aborting a child or uh, trying to create a child to, um, you know, have these other characteristics that are not uh, related to that, 
It's because you're trying to um, tie some sort of value to those characteristics, but the child's value is inherent and in, like, given to them by God. Um, so that's the real problem I see here with yeah. this. Yeah. Also, uh, you said it really well. <laughs> I'll say it less well. Um, one of the ways I think of it is... Uh, that's what we bring in here for. So. <laughs> I've been so, saving all three of my brain cells for that for this job. whole episode, so we got them. Well, I like to think of it uh, as tribalism, too. Yeah. Um, a sense of, kind of wanting to belong. And uh, you you said it best uh, because it all is about Christ. Mm -hmm. But I guess one way that our culture today might understand it if they're not even, you know, aware of this about needing a relationship with Christ is a sense of tribalism. And right now it's funny because there's so many movements to break down walls and barriers and borders and you name it. And so that we can all be together. And yet they're at the same time, a lot of these people are talking about like, well, but my culture does this and you can't do it because you're you're yeah. stealing our cultural culture appropriation. and yeah. culture, right. all this stuff. So I think I think this this couple that wants to have children with deafness so they can share in their um, community of deafness. It, it's a sense of tribalism. It's mm -hmm. wanting to belong to a specific culture yeah. and a tribe, and that is uh, a good desire, mm -hmm. but it's misguided. But also adding a a sense of fallenness to this person. Like the fact that we have deafness in the world and disease and all of this, it's because it's a fallen world mm -hmm. and Christ wants to redeem this fallen world. He doesn't want us to revel in it. Yeah. And that I think is a very dangerous thing that a, someone could easily take this cliff and um, miscommunicate everything I'm saying and say like, deafness is bad. Mm -hmm. um, it's actually, or that, like, I have deaf a brother. People yeah, like bad. I have several family members who are deaf actually. Yeah. So um, I, it's like, I love these people to death. So it's not about the people who are deaf. It's about that we're, it's, it, it's a little bit like creating a disease and giving it to someone so that you can share that disease together and bond over it. That might be better analogy so someone can understand like this is actually a problem. Creating a disease, like if, let's say I had cancer and I really wanted to have a child with cancer so we could bond over our cancer together right. like that's a problem that's a that's a much clearer that's problem. so dark yeah it is very yeah. dark but also it but i mean this is the kind of stuff the black mirror stuff that we're used to talking about these days yeah. like, this is real life people are doing weirder and weirder things mm -hmm. out of tribalism and the need for longing the need for community the need to be part of a larger group yeah. And to be a member of that group, that's all that humans want, right? We want to be cool in the group. But what they're completely missing is the group is Jesus. Yes. Like we're looking for him in all the wrong places. All the time. So anyway. <laughs> yeah. I love cre it. Creating a child to help fit in with your identity ideology is that. Yeah. Yeah. Also, we could imagine, I think, I think one thing is to help. One, also, we could imagine the different scenarios that could have played out. What if during their IVF journey, none of the children were actually deaf? That, and that was going to be one of my questions. And they were seeking a deaf child. Yes. Well, that could have been very disappointing for this couple. And what if this child grew up thinking, my parents wanted a deaf child and I'm not deaf. Well, and that's in the media. So they're going to grow up and one day they're going to go, 
my parents intentionally wanted me to be deaf. Or yeah. Or but you were you were saying like well, they wanted it, a deaf right. child and they didn't get one. Just like when someone says, Oh, I really wanted a boy, but I got a girl, or mm -hmm. I really wanted a girl and I got a boy, or I really wanted a star athlete and <laughs> turned out to get a philosophy nerd. Like there are so many it's all about like I want this yeah. and it didn't happen. Right. And so the child creating the process lives with this burden. Mm -hmm. And that is really traumatizing yeah your, so your children it, don't fulfill your identity issues right like, yeah that's right not, no that's not why you have children yep. yeah i'm like these children are individual autonomous creatures create creatures created by god and yet mm -hmm. someone else is saying well you're not the way that i wanted you to be right or you're so perfect you're exactly the way i created you that's a whole other kind of pressure for a child, like, oh, you're dead. The children, not robots. Like, way. what the heck? Yeah, I know. It's weird <laughs> so, and uh, dark. And what, what, what are they going to do in 20 years when that kid's like, hey, Neuralink, sign me up. Yeah. And then like, I'm going to stream Spotify to my brain and you can't stop me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> things we never thought we would say. <laughs> right. That's going on the board. <laughs> right. Oh, we took the guy who made, invented the worst car company and let it put computers in our brains. I. Oh my okay. gosh, Brent. Oh my gosh. But no, I do I do think a lot about like the pressure put on these children yes. who are created through IVF. Uh, and of course, some of them are, may not feel this pressure. I, I don't want to like paint broad strokes and say they're all feeling this way. But I would imagine that some of them are thinking like, yeah, I, I was created to be this way and I'm not. Or my parents... I'm perfect because they created me, but I don't feel perfect. And they're just, they're missing their true identity yeah. in Christ. We and really want to emphasize, like, again, you know, obviously our own personal worth as, uh, you know, people who are parents knowing their true identity and then passing that on to their children. But also um, just knowing that this process will, uh, does contain a lot of flaws. Like IVF, you know, we don't talk about it in this article, but it requires, um parents often to abort the many children who are all created, but maybe not all implanted. And so yeah. there's there's that problem. There's this mindset of like children are um, a commodity. Um, and so, you know, and that can take shape in any way. Like in, you can view anything as a commodity. You can view anything as an idol. If um, you can buy mm -hmm. it. Yeah, yeah. So like those are some of the real dangers of this mentality in this article. Um, that we're analyzing here. Yeah. yeah, it's turning children into a, like a, a commodity you're entitled to. Like I'm entitled to my own deaf child because I want a deaf child. But right. It's, look, if I want a Labradoodle, I'll go get a Labradoodle, but these are children. Yeah. Right. Now, I mean, I feel like it's essential to say that if someone is born with a disability like deafness, then they're a wonderful, valuable Correct. human being. And like we would love and help them and aid them to to overcome the difficulties that they're going to face. Yes. Like helping them uh, with speech therapy, getting hearing aids, um, par perhaps a different kind of uh, work in school. Uh, so they're still able to learn the exact topics, but... Uh, they might not be able to literally hear the professor, right. so they might have the iPad, whereas no one else in the class has an iPad. Things like that. There, there are special accommodations. Well, I know, it's but so maybe if you go to a liberal arts college, they will. I don't know. <laughs> if this <laughs> were 10 years ago, but, 15 but years like, ago. There are really, really good accommodations yeah. for people who struggle um, to 
with deafness. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it, yeah, it goes without saying like these people are valuable and precious yeah. and amazing. Yeah. Right. Uh, just like anyone with a disability. And then um, I've also heard uh, several people with disabilities say that I am happy and you don't need to worry about me, but I also wouldn't wish this on someone else. Like yeah. I wouldn't want like a paraplegic uh, living in an, living after a car accident would say like, yes, I have overcome and I'm in, I'm happy and I have joy and I know I've overcome these obstacles and I can get around in my wheelchair just fine. And I have this amazing right. house with all these different accommodations, all this stuff. But I wouldn't wish this right. on someone else because it's difficult and mm-hmm. it's challenging and um, I, and yeah. I, it's it was so interesting that there are other little like weird subcultures that of people who identify as blind, but they aren't. And so they'll go to a doctor and request to be blinded. This is real. Google it. It's so strange. And other people who identify as an amputee. And so they've requested to uh, have an amputation. And so I, I think it's that sense of tribalism that mm-hmm. has made it even more easy to justify creating a designer baby that has a disability. It's very strange. Yeah, the issue Brent's is, making faces. Uh, the issue is not children having disabilities. The issue is using children to affirm your identity box. Yeah. Wow, like, you I, said it really well. There you go. <laughs> Mic drop. We can have children. Yes. Right. Like we <laughs> we talked about that the other day. Yes. Make more babies. Yes. Oh, have babies. Right. I'm still cringing over that. <laughs> yeah. Go check it out. Blast. It was a funny podcast. ad. Funny. Another uh, funny yeah, ad. It was a funny ad. <laughs> um, but yeah, having them specifically to affirm your the identity box you want to check. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, anyway, there's probably going to be more stories like this. It's just one of those things. It's just yeah. very hard to talk about in a black and white way. But keep keep. True. Keep looking. You stay tuned. There's going to be more strange things uh, like this happening, um, and we just we have to be able to talk about them to your <laughs> friends and neighbors, and so just make them stop and question it before they I'm like yeah, move don't worry with it. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It's complicated, man. Anyway, what else we got? What else we got? We got the it is Lent. Mm-hmm. The Lenten True. season is upon us. Ash Wednesday is yesterday, so. 40 Days for Life has started. Mm-hmm. If you don't mm-hmm. know what 40 Days for Life is... Oh, I was about to take a sip of coffee. Let's <laughs> Sorry. See. Well, okay, so it's a wonderful pro-life campaign encouraging people to pray and stand outside of abortion clinics. Um, and in Texas, uh, they're still asking where it's illegal to have abortion in the way that you used to be able to. Um, they're still asking people to pray outside of these health clinics to raise awareness of, you know, the referrals that happen out of place. I know, I can't... Help, help, help clinics. clinics. I just combined your names. Ken and Brent equals Ken. <laughs> you have a celebrity That's couple name. That's my brother. Oh, That's no. my brother. Oh, no. Anyway, moving, moving back, back on track. So these clinics, I, I uh, Ken did ask uh, quotation marks over health clinics. They're, they're really just making referrals out of state mm-hmm. to go get abortions out mm-hmm. of state or, or prescribing the abortion pill mm-hmm. or things like that. So standing outside of them they, they can't do, offering They can't prescribe pro- abortion pills. In Texas. Well, well, they also, they illegal aids. So, I mean, illegally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So, also, it's like a week. traffic people out of state. So, yeah. yeah. But, but just being a peaceful, prayerful presence outside of these 
facilities is so impactful uh, because you could offer them brochures if they are, if you're mm -hmm. able, you could get some training on um, one-liners to catch their attention. And usually uh, in at some of the larger facilities, there's a bus outside, a pro-life bus with uh, a lot of resources on, so on site. And mm -hmm. it's a really amazing campaign. It's helped convert so many people and help them rethink getting an abortion mm -hmm. and um, serving this community. And so the reason they do 40 days, it's called 40 days for life, is it ties in with Lent, which is 40 days long when, you know, Christ spent 40 days in the desert. But really these campaigns go along all year round. And yeah. uh, so sign up, go to 40daysforlife.com. We've worked with them so many yeah. times. They're amazing. Mm -hmm. They're completely changing. They have completely changed the culture of how to prevent in person someone going to get an abortion. Mm -hmm. They're really, really wonderful people serving mm -hmm. these women. So yeah, go sign up. It's good stuff. Cool. Well, friends, I think that's about all the time we've got today. I mean, we're trying to cram a lot in this span of time. Um, there's a lot to take home. Um, you got a art ad that what do you think about it? Go watch it. Links below. Throw in a comment. Like, what do you think? Good? Bad? And let's pray for those that watch it that it be received in a pro-life way. Mm -hmm. um, 40 days. Links below. Sign up. Pray. Cool. Like, subscribe, share. Have conversations with your friends and loved ones. You've got a lot of things to have conversations with your shit friends and loved ones today. <laughs> Oh, maybe drink less coffee than I did before you discuss them. And we will see you next time. Thanks for watching. Peace.